Jesus' name we pray. And everybody at home and in the room said, amen, amen. Well, why don't you give a digital high five, wave hello, give somebody a, a hug, give them your favorite little emoji. I think emojis were born for moments like this where, where we could uh, all be together interacting and sharing and practicing social distancing and all of those wonderful things that we are all doing today. I, I don't know what it was that brought you to tune in. I don't know if somebody um, shared a link with you or you just happened to stumble across it this morning. I'm glad that you are, are with us. We want to jump into the Word of God uh, as a community. This is whether we're doing it digitally for a longer period of time than maybe we thought or hoped for in the future, or uh, it, maybe it ends quicker than what we're anticipating, no matter what, I just want to tell you that as a community, we're going to meet online, we're going to be present together, we're going to open up scripture, uh, we're going to hear what God has to say for us, we're going to shift, shift our hearts towards God, and uh, we're going to continue to love people, pray together, gather in his name, and know that he is going to be with us today. I, I put out online last night a kind of a, a, just a question to those uh, on social media just saying, hey, what is the most like teamness sport that uh, you can think of? I know teamness isn't a word, the proper word is teamwork, but whatever. Teamness worked for the moment. And, and I got lot, uh, several responses from different people and messages saying all sorts of things from parenting, which I think is probably a pretty big team sport these days, uh, to, to like ultimate frisbee and football. and also, I, I think almost every sport or every team that is successful is that way, not just because of talent, that's a part of it, not just because of skill, but also because of uh, a sense of teamness, a sense of unity in the team. And, and all through our lives, you will see the importance of unity. And uh, the Bible talks a great deal about this. And uh, as we continue this collection of sermons uh, entitled Mindset Matters, I want to talk to you about a mindset that we have here as a church, and it's simply this, that we pursue unity with humility, that we're pursuing unity with humility. It is our pursuit. Uh, Psalms 133 says this. Let me, let me read it to you. Psalms 133 says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil. Oil in scripture is always representative of the presence of God, the person of the Holy Spirit, a calling, an anointing, a, 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 a prominence, if you will, that the, the, the precious oil poured out on the head, running down on the, on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, and on the collar of his robe, Aaron is representing or referencing the priests uh, and those that, that serve in God's house in that way. It, as, it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. One version says, it is there that God commands his blessing to be. Wherever people are living in unity, there God commands his blessing. Uh, it's kind of like Again, go back to the sports analogy where there are teams that play in unity, they experience success. 
Why? Because they're operating in unity. They're on the same page. There's a teamness and a cohesion and a, and a concerted effort that no matter the role or the position that they're playing, they're all aware and understanding what is important for them. And they're all moving in a direction together. And the same is true in your home. The same is true in your, uh, in, on your job. The same is true um, in the church, in our community, and even in our nation, that where there is unity, that God says, I'm going to pour out a blessing. I'm going I'm to do something in the midst of those people that is undeniable, unshakable, and evident for all to experience and receive from all because there is a, a blessing that comes uh, from the, those who are dwelling in, in unity. Now, I, I was uh, scheduled and kind of slated in our planning to, to really talk on this subject uh, already. And this week, as uh, more and more of us uh, began to see that things were changing moment by moment in our, in our community, in our nation, and in, in our environments, things were changing and shifting. And I said, Lord, uh, what, what do you want me to say this week? Like, like do, we, do you want us to continue to do these things? And do you want us to keep moving forward? Do you want to, what, what, what do you want me to say or to do this week, Lord? Because I wanted to be uh, responsive to what the Lord wanted us to, as a church, as a body, to hear. And to, to be obedient to those things. And, and I really just sensed the presence of the Lord and, and, and just sensed kind of the prompting to, to continue on. Like, God wasn't caught off guard by the things that are happening. And uh, he's still speaking to us. And, 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 and so I'm going to reference, you know, the COVID-19 stuff that's happening in our community. So if you're watching this uh, in 10 years on YouTube and you happen to stumble across this, just know that there's some things that we're talking about that are specific to it. But the principles are broader and at large, uh, even for what God, God wants to do. And as a church, as a body, as people, we don't ever want to avoid or walk away from or stop pursuing unity. We want to always pursue unity with humility. Now, now, unity is kind of an outward pursuit, and humility must be our inward posture. In other words, it is because our posture is humble that we can then pursue outwardly a sense of unity and a, and a show of support and unity. Neither humility nor unity are accidental. Right? Like you're just not going to wake up one day feeling like you're perfectly uh, in unison. Like if it were like that, we would stop having marriage problems and we wouldn't need counseling, right? Like we wouldn't, like everything would be great. Like if only the moment you said I do, boom, like you always agreed, you always were on the same page, right? You never fought. Like wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. However, that's not the reality. It's not an accident that you start walking in unity in your home. It's not an accident that you walk in unity in your job or in your workplace. It requires personal pursuits, a decision that each person must make. And that brings me to this question, like, what is it that you're actually pursuing in your life? Is your pursuit God, or is your pursuit your own self-indulgence? Is, is your pursuit always trying to win an argument and be right in relationships? Or is your pursuit a desire to uh, always be right or have a right heart within a relationship? 
Is your, is your drive to, to find this sense of, uh, to prove people wrong with how they're reacting to the COVID-19 or they're not practicing it correctly or they're not parenting it right or, or they're making the wrong calls in our government? Are you, are you trying to, to, to prove people are wrong in how they act or are you actually just pointing people to Jesus? I, I wanna be somebody that during these moments of uncertainty, we are always pointing people directly to Jesus. Not trying to point out how they're not doing it right, how it this or that. There, there may become a time where we can learn and grow. And I think we're always examining and trying to make the best decisions that we can with information that we have. But even in our government and in our local community and even in your home, the decisions that you're making over the next few days, can we, can we just make a decision that, it's, that we're just going to keep pointing people to Jesus and, and, and keep talking about hope and, and all the, that we do and all that, all that we say? Are you trying to pursue unity or are you trying to pursue conformity, uniformity? I, I think that sometimes we get this confused that we think that unity means everything is like equal, or the exact same. Like there is no distinction or no differences. I think we ought to celebrate our differences. I think it is our diversity that allows us to have a strength of unity in those things. I, I, I think that it is important. I, I, just because we're walking in unity, hear me, it doesn't mean that you lessen your passion, that you lessen the, the call or the purpose in your life. No, it, but it does mean that if I'm gonna walk in unity, I have to be willing to take my passions and align them to something beyond just myself. That I have to be willing to, to humbly reprioritize my passions and realign them. It doesn't mean I stop being who I am. I think many of us, if we were to take a poll right now and throw it out on, a, on social media and ask you if, if you think that, um, that uniformity is the way to unity, most of us would say, no, not at all. We don't want uniformity. We don't need to all be in uniform, but we do want unity. And, and I think we would all really believe that. But if, if I can press that for just a minute, when was the last time you got upset because something didn't feel fair to you? We would say we don't want uniformity, but we all want fairness. The kingdom of God isn't built on fairness. Everybody has equal opportunity in the kingdom of God, but there aren't equal rewards. It's not all equal. It's, it's not all the same. And, and we sometimes in our own humanness want everything to be fair. It's not fair this or it's not fair that, but... But otherwise, we, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I'm going to say this. I, I'll probably get in trouble in some emails, and you can send the emails to I don't care at faithchurchks.org. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but we start walking down this path of wanting everything in the kingdom of God to be fair. Everybody gets the same thing. Everybody, same, same, same. And we're really close to making the gospel socialism. And it's not necessarily the way of the kingdom. What are we pursuing in our lives? There, is a, there are promises and there are blessings to those who walk in unity. Everybody has the opportunity to walk in unity, but not everybody receives the blessing from walking in unity. Why? Because they're not pursuing it. Maybe they're pursuing it with their lips, but their hearts are far from it. Jesus confronted that very thing. I want you to write this down. If you're taking notes, I want you to write it down. It, it's probably not in the notes because it was kind of a fresh rewrite this morning. Uh, so I'm going to say it a couple times and say it slow so that you can get it. And that's simply this, that, that unity comes through agreement and submission to a clear mission and a clear leader 
with a heart of humility that demonstrates honor. Let me say it again. Unity comes through agreement and submission to a clear mission and a clear leader with a heart of humility that demonstrates honor. These are the components of of the family that God says, I'm gonna command my blessing to show up. These are the the elements and the components of a workspace that God says, I'm gonna bless right here. These are the components of an individual that God says, I'm gonna pour out and command that my blessing shows up. It's it's unity that that comes through agreement and submission. There are only two ways to maintain unity in any relationship. When you're walking in agreement, but sometimes, because we're human, we have disagreements, different approaches, different views. And the only way to continue moving in the same direction is if somebody has submission. Now, we don't like that S word. That's an S word nobody really likes to talk about. Uh, it's, a, it's a word that's been abused even in, in religious circles, for sure. We don't really understand it, but let, let me just say it this way. If you are living and breathing today, there's going to be moments where God requires that you submit. And in fact, think of it like this. Salvation itself starts the moment you decide to submit to God's ways instead of your ways. When you submit to putting your trust in yourself and instead submit it and you put it in Christ. So submission is is always a part of it. And anytime there is unity, it's gonna require that there's a clear mission and a clear leader. Like, Like it's identified, it's obvious that there's a mission. If there is no mission, then there is no point to even being in unity. If there is no pursuit, then you don't really need unity. You, you don't really need it because why, why try to be the champion of the NBA? You don't need unity if you don't care to win. Just do whatever you want. Rack up your stats, go for it. But if there's a common mission and a common goal, well, well that's, gonna be a, that's gonna require unity at play. And, and, and leaders, God, God gives us leaders to help unite us in the pursuit of the mission. Leaders help to bring order. Where there is not order, there is disorder. Have you ever been a part of a group project and everybody's had ideas and everything kept going and it just got more and more stressful? Why? Because at some point, somebody has to say, nope, I think this is the best way. Let's go this way. Like somebody has to order those things and God has given us those things in our lives so that we can have unity. The Bible talks about things like headship, talks about leaders, it talks about authority, uses all of these words, and it's represented in Psalm 133. Where did the oil get poured out on first? On the head, on, on, on Aaron, on the priest. This is where it starts, and then it affects all of the others. The leadership is not something that we resent or we pull back from, but, but it's something that God gives us to help us move in, in unity. It's, it's an important part of our lives and of our pursuits it's it's that movement that we need it's unity comes through agreement and submission where there's a clear mission and leader and it it requires a heart of humility requires a heart of humility humility doesn't mean that you think less of yourselves humility means that you just think of yourself less often that's all it means and we have this heart of humility that allows us to demonstrate honor. Honor is such a key component to this idea of of unity. Now, honor simply is this. It's recognizing value in someone or something. That's what honor is. Honor recognizes that there's value 
here. There's value in, a, in, in fact, there's value that we recognize in four key areas. I'll give them to you and then I'll, I'll break them down for you. Honor recognizes value in people, recognizes value in positions, honor recognizes value in places, and it recognizes value of a process. People, positions, uh, uh, places, and a process. It recognizes value in a person. Every human being is created with the likeness and the image and the fingerprint of God. Humanity is God's greatest masterpiece. From the moment you are conceived to the moment you enter the grave, you have value. I believe the Bible teaches that that life does begin at the very earliest form in that seed form of conception. That's why it's, it's important that we value that and honor that. But it, it, once we are living our lives, no matter our space, our time, our place, every human being, there's value in them. Doesn't mean that we don't need to obey the, the laws of the land. It doesn't mean that, that, that we don't, um, I, I, I want to be careful how I say this. I, I think that sometimes we put a value on being right rather than the value of a human life. We put a value on our own laws and governments more than, and so then we don't honor them. Just because we enforce laws doesn't mean we do it in a dishonorable way. Where we start demonizing people. Every human being has value, so we honor people. We honor positions. Parents, bosses, governing authorities, spiritual leaders, pastors, those in the church. Like, these are positions that God says honor. Dem- recognize the value of these positions. Respect for people can be earned and lost, but honor is a gift you always give re- when somebody's in that position. Honor people, honor positions, honor places. God says to honor lands. We honor the house of God. Like we take care of it, we steward it. It's a value to a place that we honor. Your home, you need to have honor in, in your home, in your house. Recognizing that it's a gift, it's a safe haven, it's, a, it's an opportunity for, for God to use and to speak. We want to honor places and we want to honor a process. A process that we go through, a process that God takes us through. Sometimes it's a painful journey. Sometimes it's a, a journey that, man, we, we don't really understand. We may not understand all that is even happening in our world right now, but we're willing to walk a process with God and say, God, we're going to honor it and we're going to stay committed to where, where you are. Now, when we talk about honor, we talk about humility, we talk about leadership and, 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 and rallying around a mission and this idea of unity, there are many tensions that we can feel. Many of us have experienced abuse and manipulation from people who have been in authority. Can I just say I'm sorry if that's your story? That's not God's plan. God's plan is not manipulation, it's not abuse, it's not neglect, it's not authoritarian in terms of trying to manipulate and control. That is not God's idea of leadership where maybe you are part of a cult or or a really strict religious order and there are some things that you're working through. Can I just say that many of us and openly admit like, Like, you've experienced that. I get it. And there's a tension that rises up on the inside of us. Many of us have embraced offense. And as a result, we have a tainted view on this very subject. 
Maybe it was a, a boss that treated us wrong and we picked up an offense and we've never trusted our employers another day. And we're constantly rebelling and resisting any view of authority, any sense of structure, because there's been an offense in our heart. I, I get it. And as I'm talking today, it's, it's creating a, a little bit of attention even within your own, your own self. And many of us, uh, the tension exists because we've lived in fear of authorities. We were afraid that if, if we ever got caught, if we did something wrong, we would just be scolded and, a, and, and punished. And this is where I lived for most of my life as it related to the, the authorities in my life. I feared people in authority. I, I was just so convinced that even God himself was just waiting for me to mess up so he could beat me down, punish me, and, and whoa, that's water and it's cold. <laughs> Woo! Thank you. I might talk a little higher for the rest of the service, but it's really going to be okay. Woo! It's, it's in the chair. It's everywhere. These are unplanned live moments, my friends. <laughs> I don't know if there's a towel nearby. That would be fantastic if I can get that. For me in my life, I just lived for so long afraid of the authorities, avoiding any, any hint of authority because, man, oh, man, I was just convinced that the moment, the moment I did something wrong, they'd be there to, to grab me and catch me, and, and it would be over. Thanks so much, D. I appreciate it, man. Come on, I know some of you are just chuckling and laughing and hee-hawing at home, and it's all right. We are, we are too. Can I have one of those? Thank you. I think uh, many of us, we, we have those tensions, and we've experienced those tensions, and, and as I'm talking about this in this moment, you've got your own sense of just tension. I, it's the best way I can describe it going on on the inside of you. And, and, and one of the, the reasons we have this tension is because we confuse personal convictions for biblical commands. We confuse personal things that God is asking of us, standards that he wants us to adhere to, things that, that God is, is, is pressing in us, and we confuse it for the, for the things that God has commanded in his word. There are things in my life that I adhere to, that I live by, certain things that I do, but they aren't the same as God's commands across the board. We, we can't pretend like God's commands are the same as our personal convictions. And there's a tension. See, see, I think that there are distinctions that help bring clarity, but there are disagreements that can birth chaos. There are differences that bring us strength in who we are, but there are also divisions that bring strife. And sometimes in the church world, we have a lot of strife because we have divisions because of personal preferences, and we've confused them for biblical commands. Like, the only way to worship is through a hymn, because that's the only one that's mentioned in Scripture. It's only through hymns can we experience the presence of God. The problem is when the Bible talks about hymns, it's not talking about the hymns that you grew up with. It's a totally different thing. And so we confuse our, our personal uh, convictions or preferences even for biblical, biblical commands. And they were doing this in Paul's day too. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, it says this. It says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another. 
in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you perfectly unite in mind and thought. I want to be very, very clear. Paul is not addressing denominations. He's not saying there ought not be categories or different styles or approaches in worship. In fact, he was addressing this idea that people were arguing as to who was better because of what apostle baptized them. Oh, this person baptized me. I grew up in this ministry. My ministry was better than your ministry, right? Like, we got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? Like, there was just this. And Paul was addressing it saying, y'all are missing the point. You are missing the point. Don't sit there having this, 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 this mean-spirited trying to who's more elite and who's less elite. It wasn't about that. It was about recognizing that there's a unity and humility that we who bear the name of Christ all are united under his banner and under his name. And so what do we do? If we're gonna pursue unity with humility, how are we gonna do this? I think there are two things today that I wanna be real practical with. Number one is this. I think we need to refuse to see labels as limitations. Refuse to see labels as a, as a limitation. Uh, all of us have a, a struggle because we are human with this idea of prejudiceness. You might be sitting there, I'm not prejudiced, Pastor. Well, hold on. It just, if you break the word down, it just means to prejudge. You ever been making up a story, being convinced of somebody that you see in, in line at Walmart and you're already unraveling who they are and their life story and their motives and you are prejudging and you don't even know their name. But you are convinced you know their motives and their intentions and who they are. You've pre prejudged. Let, let me give you some that, that are pretty common in our, in our day. Some things that we prejudged on that, that maybe don't align with God. Things like uh, women, they're not allowed to lead. We've prejudged that old means that you're out of touch. We have this prejudged idea that tattoos mean that you are rebellious. We've prejudged that divorce means that you are now disqualified. And that if you are young, you can't have spiritual maturity because of your age. You can't lead, you're too young. But the Bible says that we ought not look down on the young, but rather we ought to encourage them and inspire them and, and see that the depth of maturity. I was, uh, when I was 33, I was on staff at a church in North Carolina, and uh, we were at a men's breakfast that day, and, and uh, uh, a guest was there. He was an older gentleman, and he was there, and he says, oh, you're, you're an assisting pastor here? I said, yes, sir, I sure am. And he looked at me just with this look, and he says, are you old enough to be an assisting pastor? What I wanted to say was, well, if my name was Jesus, I'd be dying for your sins right now, so I, I don't know, you tell, you tell me, right? Like, that's what I wanted to say. But instead, I just responded, yes, sir, I, I believe that it's perfectly okay right now. We, we can't prejudge these things. Listen, I, I know of Baptists who are more Pentecostal than your pastor is. Your pastor is pretty Pentecostal, church. <laughs> People have asked me, Pastor, what's your view on tongues, speaking in tongues? I am all for speaking in tongues, especially with my wife. <laughs> Three kids. Praise Jesus. Right, like... Like I'm, I'm all for it. I, I think that if God can use an ass in Scripture to talk and get the prophet to redirect and stop assuming that he knew the best way to go about his ministry, 
that God can use just about anybody and anything. Some of you are still stuck on the fact that I've been talking about tongues and I just used a curse word in your view and you're like, I don't know what's going on. It'll be okay. Take a deep breath. God is working. We have to refuse to let labels limit us. I, I don't believe that denominations are a is a bad thing or a bad word. I think it takes different types of churches to reach different types of people and every local expression that's pointing people to Jesus is doing the, the best that they possibly can to bring about the kingdom of God in their context. We celebrate it, we honor it. Just because a denomination, uh, there's a church that is a denomination, I don't think that it may, automatically makes one church better than the other. And I refuse to play that game. Listen, I really do believe that it takes different kinds of churches to reach different types of people. There, we are one house, one church, but today we're meeting in a lot of different living rooms. There's a lot of different types of houses right now that are streaming this message. It's not one better than the other. There's an, there's an element of, of unity. The nation of Israel, think about this, was a huge nation, but they had 12 tribes, 12 distinct family expressions of the nation, and of those 12 tribes, countless different homes and individuals were represented. I used to think that if, if you were part of a denomination, I thought this when I was in, in college a lot, that if you were part of a denominational church, then you obviously went to a dead church. <laughs> now, my experience was pretty limited at that point in time in my life. That's not true, and that's not the case across the board. But that was my perception. I understand that for many of us uh, and many of you watching, you came from a, a denominational setting, and, and I get it, I understand. But can I just say that God is bigger than those denominations, and God wants you in the right place, in the right house, planted in the spot where he wants to bless you. Let's not limit because of labels. Let's keep pursuing unity with humility. Here's the second thing I think we need to do. We've got to stay at the party. We have to stay at the party. Stay at the party. Romans 13 says, every person must submit to and support the authorities over him, for there can be no authority in the universe except unless God appoints them, which means that there's no authority that exists unless it has been instituted by God. So re to resist authority is to resist the divine order of God, which results in severe consequences. Listen, I understand, again, when we start talking about authorities, we kind of tense up, like, I don't want to be manipulated I don't and I get it there's been bad experiences for many people I understand but can I that doesn't mean all authority is wrong at the end of the day it's still going to require you to trust somewhere along the way especially starting with the Lord listen God gave us spiritual authorities governing authorities and family authorities they are a gift from God to us in our world it, when we allow fear or control to be our response to leaders, we miss out on the blessing. Children, if you are rebelling against your parents, you are missing out on the blessing that God has for your life. I can't tell you the number of adults I've talked to who are like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have spent so much time arguing with my parents. I wish I would have just spent more time building a relationship with them. Why? Because oftentimes we miss out on the blessing 
that is reserved for those who choose to walk in alignment of support, of unity, of submission, of agreement, of support of the leaders, and they leave the party too soon. And they miss out on the blessing that comes only from those who choose to stick it out and remain. Listen, we're living in a culture and in a time where there is great pressure. There are great things surrounding us right now. Now's the time where we reinforce as a church, where we relink arms and we say, here's the mission, let's move forward. Here's my God in heaven. I'm not gonna be shaken. I'm not gonna disconnect from God even though I can't gather in a building. I'm gonna keep pursuing him. I'm gonna keep chasing after him. I'm not gonna leave the party. I'm gonna engage with God all the more. Listen, John 15 says it like this. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. No, no branch can bear fruit by itself. Some of you have left the party. You've left church. You've left relationships. You've left uh, jobs because you didn't like the boss. You left churches because you didn't like the pastor. You left uh, families because you didn't like a person or an in-law. Like, like we've all left things. And some of us have left a relationship with God. And our lives aren't bearing any fruit. Why? Because we left. We left the party. And he says, you can't bear fruit by yourself. There are no lone ranger Christians that succeed in the kingdom of God. Always connected to something bigger, something beyond, something broader. And he goes on to say, you can't bear fruit by yourself. But I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy can be complete. Listen, friends, I think it's time that we stop trying to inspect other people's fruit and we start abiding and remaining in God and allow our fruit to grow ourselves. I think that it's time that we recognize that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And if you are remaining connected in God, you're walking in unity with humility, there is a joy that shows up in your life that is undeniable. Some of you are missing some joy because you've disconnected from the church, from the homes, from the lives. I had a conversation with somebody recently who was lamenting that they have put church and God on the back burner of their life to pursue all these other things. And they were lamenting recently that they're kind of, this whole scenario that we're walking through of COVID-19 is helping them understand in a really challenging way that that ought not be the case. You know what that is? That's called humility. To recognize that I need something beyond just me. Listen, you and I, are a part of something bigger. It's not just about us. We're on a mission. We're, we're doing some things. I mean, you know, last week alone, uh, churches that were streaming uh, using the on church online platform, there were over 15,000 salvations worldwide through the use of technology. That's amazing. We're a part of something bigger that God is doing. Friends, your value is not determined by the part you play. Your value is not determined by the part you play, whether you're hosting a watch party, you're on chat room right now talking to friends, you're inviting people, you're, you're texting people, and you're calling them. Maybe, maybe we've got people behind cameras right now. They're playing a very vital role. We have people sitting in the audience so I don't feel alone and, and talking to an empty room and feel really weird. Like Everybody's playing a part, and everyone's part is value, but our value is not determined by the part that we are playing in this moment in time. But the part that you play is incredibly valuable. I love, uh, talked at the top about sports and the value of sports. And I, I love baseball. And I have here in my hand 
the inside of a baseball. And uh, inside, the leather is all gone, the stitching is on gone, but this is what the inside of the baseball, baseball looks like. It's hundreds and thousands of, of little strings and strands of, of different, different lengths and, and, and different things. And, and, and I've got some on my wrist here that have, that have pulled off and torn off. And, and there is this, this sense of, of woven strings together. Some are connected and some are, 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 are shorter. Some are long, some are, some are short. But each one has an important role that it plays in the strength of this object. Listen, friends, this is you and me. We all have a supporting role that we play. We all move maybe in different, different directions, but it's all for the same mission. It's all to accomplish the same thing. This is what the body of Christ, this is what every local church looks like in this design. There is a strength that comes when we have a standard, when we have a common unity, when there's a, a mission that we're all a part of, when there's, there's a purpose in what we're doing. We're not trying to, to go our own separate ways and do our own things. No, no, there is one mission that we're called to, to, to lift up the name of Christ. We're, we might move in different ways, but it's all for the same purpose. Some of you are called to teach in, in a local church. That doesn't mean that you teach whatever you want, however you want, wherever you want. No, you, you teach towards the mission. You teach in unity the things. This is why our small groups you don't just talk about whatever you want in small groups we have a kind of a, a guide that we go through why because we're all learning in unity the same things and we want to hear what God is saying to us and we want to move together in that if you lead you don't lead in your job uh, and use your own influence to do whatever you want no as an employee you use your influence your skills your leadership to support your overseer to move in the same direction I think we have to ask ourselves two questions today as we close. You have to ask yourself two questions. Number one, is your heart hard or is it humble? Is your heart hard or is it humble? A hard heart is a dishonoring heart. Are you honoring people? Do you honor people in positions? Do you honor places? Do you honor the process? Is your heart hard or is it humble? Secondly, we have to ask ourselves, am I separating myself from the leaders God's placed in my life or am I supporting the leaders that God has placed in my life? Friends, they're crucial questions. If we wanna have humility in our relationships, it starts with humility with God. If we wanna have unity with others, it all starts with our unity with God. Both humility and unity require your trust. They require your trust. They require your trust. Some of you are watching this and may you tuned in and maybe you attend another church. Can I just encourage you? I'm glad you're watching, but man, find out what your local church is doing and go all in with it. Support your pastor. They're teaching online or asking you to have opportunities to serve. Go all in in support of what they're doing. Be wholehearted in that. If you're part of Faith Church, jump in with what we're doing. Get on board. We're, we're gonna keep sharing more ways for you to engage both digitally and in our community and in making being intentional in your home. Go in with this. Jump on board and support those things. Let's all move in unity together. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because faith at its bedrock is all about our trust. Who is your trust in? Is your trust in what is seen or is your trust in the Lord? 
Is your trust in uh, working things out according to your preferences, according to your plans, or is it trusting in who the Lord is and what he's brought into your life? Uh, Friends, remember, unity comes through agreement and submission with a clear mission and leader and with a heart of humility that demonstrates honor. Let's be that kind of people today. Would you bow your heads as we pray? Father, here in this moment, I pray, Lord, you're speaking to our hearts. And uh, Lord, right now, just by a, an indication of a hand up emoji or, or, or whatever else, Lord, would, I just wanna ask those of you that are watching today, if, if you're making the commitment, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend some time this week and I'm gonna ask those two questions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask the Lord if my heart is hard or it's humble. If you're willing to ask those questions of the Lord, would you just kind of throw a hand up emoji, wave at us, something like that? Lord, Lord, here we are. You see all of these hands and these things indicating our level of commitment, our decision to pursue you. And Lord, I, I thank you for it so much. Lord, help us to, to lean in and listen. May we pursue unity with humility. And those watching here today, maybe you haven't had unity, you haven't had humility, it's been chaos in your home, chaos, you feel dizzy all around and you've not experienced joy in a really long time. Maybe it's time that you would submit to the leadership of the Lord and put your trust in him for the first time. And if you wanna say yes to Jesus and submit, would you just kind of right here in this moment, those of you watching church online, there's gonna be a button that you can click that says, uh, I'm, I'm raising my hand to follow Jesus. And, and I want you to pray this prayer with me. Just say it right there from your home. Say, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus for me. I choose to put my faith in him. I give you my whole heart. I trust you. I follow you. You be the Lord. You be the master. You be the one in charge of my life. Lord, thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, friends, thanks for tuning in today. We want to stay connected. If we can pray for you, if we can serve you in any way as a church, would you reach out, let us know? Uh, We'd be happy to connect and follow up with you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next Sunday, same time, on these same platforms. God bless everybody. Hey, friends and family, I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If if you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see you in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.